You're listening to The Setup Podcast, a podcast that helps you navigate new topics in music, tech, and entrepreneurship with the most disruptive professionals in the music industry, turning their experiences working behind the scenes into actionable advice you can use. I'm Sydney. And I'm Sam. And we're your hosts for The Setup Podcast. If you're like us, passionate about paving your own path, hit the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite app because we'll help set you up for success at The Setup Podcast. I want to say a quick shout out to our amazing listeners. Truly, I created this podcast to help those who are new to the industry, just like I was once. And I'm very happy to learn that I can also provide insight to those who have been in music for a while. I want to give another shout out to all of our new listeners of The Setup Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Can you believe this is Sorry. our 100th episode? No, I can't. It is flabbergasting. And honestly, it feels so unreal. Yeah, it's crazy. I still have a note on my phone to edit episode 17. For whatever reason, it doesn't delete. I'm like, wow, that was like ages ago. There's five and a half more times that. <laughs> so much more learning. And I, and I wasn't even part of the episode. Hmm. I'm going to go ahead and introduce the episode and share what happened last week. In case you all missed last episode, we were joined by Caleb Hawley. Today, we're super excited. We're joined by Abel Hart on this 100th episode of the Setup Podcast. And yeah, yeah, super excited. It's a long time coming at this point. We will discuss his journey leading to what's happening today involving professional snowboarding addiction and his success on Soundland that later turned into TikTok. What's going on? Nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you as well. Thanks so much, Abel, for joining us today on the Setup Podcast. We love to start off what you're doing recently. We saw that you had that 40 songs in 40 days challenge. You've been releasing new music like crazy. So tell us about that and what prompted you to do something like that. Totally. First off, thank you so much for having me. I love doing these type of interviews. I'm I'm grateful to be here. And the 40 songs in 40 days, honestly, it wasn't a planned thing. We should have thought it sounded crazy from the jump. We were going to do a song every single day. And then not just that, but have a full content strategy behind doing it every single day. So pretty much for the most part. Also, we had flown out to Hawaii. We're from the East Coast, so it wasn't now it's getting a little bit nice. I mean, now it's sort of nice. You don't always get the best weather. It's not like California. We also do all the content and film everything and edit everything ourselves, my manager and I. So I was like, we, we need to go somewhere to film it, you know? And But we wanted to do something cool. If we're going to do the 40 songs, 40 days, we should have gave more leeway and been mm-hmm. like, let's at least get like half of the things organized and together. And then so it could give us some leeway time every single day. We could work on the next like four songs after the say 10 that we set up, but we just did everything just running gun and just live. So every single day it was about making a story about, you know, we just put out the song and then editing the story and putting it together or making the making of the song. And then as well as a lot of the content that we shoot on like the high def camera. So then we just put everything together, but it was 
a lot. It was super fun. It was a great, I guess, learning experience. We were just talking, plan it out better, you know, (laughs) probably should. But again, I I think a lot of the fun was in the moment of trying to to move everything around. And I'm huge in my manager and I both big in like mentality and mindfulness and meditation. So I think if there was anything like learn wise, yeah, it helped with a lot of that. And that's being in that mindful place when like chaos arises, especially when we were, in, we were very fortunate to be able to go to Hawaii and do things like this and have the opportunities, right, to release music on social platforms in general. So just trying to also take those moments and, you know, the balance, right? It's the balance of everything. I feel like so we could go so extreme in either direction. It was amazing and it was fun. And now they're all out. So we're just going to keep putting out new new music. For what it's worth, I think you not planning is actually it's for your benefit almost because you can sense your personality and like how much fun you're having in those videos. And I think as a fan, every single person could feel that same thing. So I think there's certain benefits that you could have with that. I I agree with that so much. I think it resonates with people and I work with a lot of artists and Sometimes I overthink things, you know, and you just did it because sometimes when you overthink things, you actually never can get things done because we all strive for perfection. But it's like nothing's ever perfect. And these platforms don't like at least TikTok, like it's not meant to be perfect. It does better. That's not. It's crazy. It's crazy. I get that all the time. Someone else we had on this podcast was like, yeah, I like planned out this whole video. I had quality. I used like a camera. And then it, when I went live on my phone, it, it did a lot better than that. Who was that that said that? Wendy Day. Ah, okay. See, I think I think consistency matters though. So if you're doing every day, I that's consistency that and that's planning. And so you're yeah. doing everything and you're still being a genuine person because you're consistent to your audience. Yeah. And yeah, I think it goes back to the, to what I was just saying as well. It's it's just the balance of all of it because it's just, I could sit there and at first when I, and TikTok still in the, in the spectrum of TikTok being around, I, like it's very new to me still. Like I understand the platform now, mm-hmm. but I haven't been on it really that long. And when I started, I never wanted to do it. My assumption was like, oh, everyone, because right as human beings, we could, we could pretend like we don't care what other people think, whether they know us in real life or just on social media. But like, you say, I don't care. You meet someone and say, I don't care what somebody, like, I'll do whatever I want. But it's, we all want to be like understood or at least, you know, accepted or feel a part of, you know, really. So when it came to TikTok, I was like, no, nah. oh, it's going to still, it's going to distill, you know, this, all the stuff that I work for. And I don't know, people are just, if I have a TikTok and I start posting about TikTok, that I have one, people are just going to think I'm dancing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Not there's anything wrong with dancing. I love dancing. I wish I was a better dancer, you know? It has nothing to do with that. It's just kind of the stigma that I feel like most TikTok kind of blew up with, you know? It was like kids are dancing. And then I was like, oh, it's going to distill a lot of the things that I had been writing about at the time. And I was like, I don't know if I really want to do that. But again, us as humans, we come up with great excuses to not do the thing that potentially is probably yeah. going to change our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And and that's what it that's what had happened for me. So just to go back to what you're saying, the 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 sustainability of the content, right? It's all content. I was posting like four to eight times a day, and I was trying, which is 
not really like at this point, it's, it should, you should post, right? You ask anybody that's in social media, like post a hundred times a day, you know, mm-hmm. but in actuality, you're making all that content. It's freaking 10 seconds. You could spend hours on, you know, especially yes. if you're at the beginning. So I was the beginning stages like, Oh, it's gotta be perfect. And it's gotta be this way. Plus I could do everything. I can mix master, produce sound design engineer, and then take all the stuff that I'm actually editing in final cut pro and then bounce it over to logic to make it sound cool. And then do different unique stuff that other people aren't doing. And I have a lot of energy. So I just feel like I get a lot of things done, but in reality, when I sit back and just do something that you were just saying, it kind of kind of actually feels in the flow, you know, because we could post a million different things, but then it's the one thing that pops up. Chances are usually that was the case for a lot of our stuff. It was just the thing that in the moment, which I feel like you said it too, comes through on camera in the moment. It was just there. Like it was fun. The only purpose was to shoot it, to put out, but yeah. The purpose of the moment was like genuine, like fun. And I believe that frequency translates through camera and people pick it up. And then you, then something blows up and then you try and diagnose why it happens. You know, it's like, how can you be in the moment every single time? But- yeah, yeah. Or how you can create something that replicates that, which sometimes goes down a different freaking rabbit hole. And then you don't, you're not successful with that because that's not genuine. Or you are and it turns into something that, you didn't know. And I think wow. that was kind of us at the beginning because again, <laughs> ironically, I said, I didn't want to join TikTok to do all these things. But at first I'm posting a ton of videos every single day. And mostly it was about, oh, this is how I produce this. Or what if I flip this beat and then singing? And I was such a perfectionist that I'm like, if I'm going to sing on camera, like I'm watching all the people do it. And that sh- stuff was blowing up at the time. I was like, it's got to be locked. I'm not going to then put it in and just lip sync. I'm not going to do it. That's not me. You know, that's how I wanted to. But for one, nobody knows the difference. Most importantly, you want it to be sustainable. You can't do that. Do the perfect take you want and then make it sustainable to put three to five times a day. So I had to go down that rabbit hole. And then yes, to what I was just about to say, or something does happen and it goes down a totally different path. That's what had happened. And it happened to be kind of dancing. Kind of dancing and kind of lip syncing. (laughs) Yeah. It was totally lip syncing. A little bit of dancing. I don't know what it was. I still don't to this day. It doesn't make any sense. Wait, to me. I can me. actually tell you. Yeah. I can tell you because yeah. I'm going to bring business into this now. So yeah. no one gives a fuck about your features, your production. Yeah, it matters at first. That's how they find you. But it's all about the personality. And if they want to be a friend to you or if they want and you're consistent. So who gives a shit about everything else? You're doing the same thing your personality is showing and people actually like that. Seriously, because there's a thousand, one million, one billion other people in the world that probably sound similar to you or can do what you do. Yeah, It's so true. And I have a point to that too, because I agree with you. What you're also describing is a brand because like business, we, brand, we personality. Know, but it's all psychological. When we go to a profile, any digital presence, we want to know what we're getting into and it has to be consistent in that way too. So like when I go to your music and also like your socials and stuff, I kind of feel like I already know you before even like meeting you and I know what type of content to expect. Like I know I'm going to see you like outdoors like with a smile on or you in the dark shirtless. That's what I was going to say. You don't lie. If you saw my social media, you thought that I maybe show up to this interview shirtless. It probably wouldn't be a, <laughs> that's, we, 
I'm actually shocked you're not. Like, <laughs> you're completely you have a hat on. What is this? You have more clothes than normal. I wasn't trying to be proper. Chances are, if I was in California, I wouldn't be. That's how that's, but that's how to that video, that's how it started. I, I was, it was partially like, I'm a big believer in just like very self determined like drive and just doing a lot of the things that you necessarily don't want to do in order to get to where you want to be. Right. Cause it's, it's just a ton of little tiny moves. It's like, yeah. how do I make this? We can have a big picture and then we complicate it because we try and do a million things at once. Right. But it's like, okay, we could look at the big picture and then reel it back. What's going to bring, what's the one thing that I could do right now, you know, and what's the one thing I could do today? What's the next thing? And you kind of run it out in steps. Right. But that, that happened very organically. My, my, manager chad flew out to california and i was we were filming so much and i was so at the point where i was i just felt all the tiktoks and again i'm big yeah. in the universe and being in alignment i felt like everything was being forced and i was wearing myself thin it was kind of taking away the magic of why i love doing any of this at first but i knew again it was the main picture and i'm and i come from you know sports background so just, you know, get it done and do it. And then you see results, you know, you're never going to see the results the first day, week, month. So the only thing with social media, you don't ever know. It's just, you have to have faith and continuously believe in what you're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and find a way to do it sustainably and hold it. The first video I saw it was for whisper, which is so crazy because it it's two That's years first... later. I send it to my sister and she's like, Oh, I've been following him for four years. She could tell her story in like a second, but you put out so much content. Like I wasn't going to your profile and watching the same video. When I started following you, I was getting served all of your videos and it really does take for me to see it over and over again to like then go to the streaming services. And that's so consistent with probably everyone. But my husband was like, oh, Lord, this guy, because I showed him it. <laughs> Wait, stop. <laughs> I've got that so much, you know, that's like, and, uh, the amount of times I've said sorry. No, know? literally, I because when I listen, yeah. I always listen with volume, which I feel like maybe that's not the same habits of everyone, but I listen with volume. <laughs> and it's just, you know, I'm really into the videos where I don't know how you do it, when they like make it seem like the camera moves with you. I don't know what that I'll, is. It I do all that. I'll tell you, you want to know? Chaz films everything. And then I, anything that you see that like 99% of all the stuff you see on social media, I edited. So yeah, I did it in Final Cut and it's called FFXP Pro Stabilizer. And I just stabilize it on a main. That's why everything, it's annoying as it is, everyone doesn't realize it because I'm very, you've just seen some of the first music videos. I sat there and just, Took, I, I stayed it for three days straight. Not that I condone not sleeping, but I stayed it for three days straight and just learned Final Cut Pro, you know, because I didn't have a computer. So I had to take out a loan for the money I didn't have at the time. And then I learned it, stayed it three days straight and then just learned it, right? Which, long story short, gave me a potential other. And the reason that I wear glasses, I get this all the time, you know, outside of the, oh my gosh, this guy again, I get the, we <laughs> wear glasses. You know, it's like, what are you going to do? You know, it's like, you kind of ask for it. You put it out there and it happens. Then you get all the stuff that, but yeah, the glasses, because I have a point on in after effects or the effect, it points onto my glasses. So when I move, and that's why I stay sideways, because if I'm moving like this, it would jump. It wouldn't have the same motion. So I wear the glasses. So you figure out all this stuff, right? Because that's when the first, like you just hinting at before, when something actually starts to trend or work, you see it because- Still at the end of the day, whether you we post a video like this, you know, and I started off like this, and it's what what made that work? Was it the jump at the beginning or was it the thing that I just said right before? It's all human psychology, right? Mm -hmm. But if you have something important that you want to say 
three seconds in, it's okay, how do you get them there in two seconds without being fake and being genuine to what the brand is, right? It's all these things, all human psychology. But right, when something pops, you have to diagnose it. And we just sit there, you know, and just be like, I wonder what it, I wonder if it's a shirt, you know? And then and then in my head, I'm like the extremist. I'm like, what if it what if it was like the same thing, different glass, but I took off the shirt, you know, would that be crazy? And then it was like, <laughs> what if I was totally what is that? It's like totally wet, you know? And it's like, well, how'd you get wet? And I'm just like, I don't know. You know, it look cool. You know? First of all, there's about what 300 variables or different pairings that you could do things, but always keep the shirt off. Like, always keep the shirt off. Okay, then when you were talking about the two good videos and you're in a like a sweatshirt, I think that's yeah. so cool that like you're you're doing, you know. There's two different sides so, of you, you know, and I think it fits yeah. like the music too. Cause you know, whisper is, you know, sex appeal. It's kind of sultry, well, actually, darker. Let's talk about this then, because I found you on Songland and I never watch oh. reality or anything like that, but I always visit my friend in Arizona that always forces me to watch some kind of reality, something. And wow, so man. she got me on the song and then, and then shout out Jenny Lano. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not that she gives a shit, but we'll, we'll continue. I digress. So, but she got me on that. And that's how I found you, honestly, exactly four years ago, almost. Oh, wow. I right? used to watch was, that and talk about it. Yeah. Because, oh, wow. yeah. And I just thought it was so interesting because, first of all, I never watched reality or anything like that. Reality or just any of it. Now I'm like in it, but that's four years later. Okay. That's my, <laughs> that's my safe space. Uh, seriously. They did a thinking great that. job. Yeah. But then, so Sydney, now, you know, Abel of who he is now. And it's funny that you brought that up. Oh, you, I, that's what I expect. But you didn't do that four years ago or you didn't do that. And I'm almost thinking to myself, when did you start taking your shirt off for people? And when did this become a, your personality now? <laughs> Here's the thing. It, it's fear. It's 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 because I was so scared and I was so insecure and so fearful of what other people are going to think of me that it held me back from a world beyond my wildest dreams. That's that's literally what I think most of us. I know that that was for me. I was speaking me myself and I statements, but I also know many individuals and have heard many stories. But where you know that's that happens to be our problem more than most. You know, it's unfortunate. But we're our own, we're our own best friend, our own worst enemy, you know. And I only really have, I really do, and it doesn't. It's not a sad story. Like it's totally by, like by design. It's on purpose. But I only have one friend, and it's my manager. You know, like I believe there's great people out there. We're having a great conversation, you know. But we, this most of the stuff now is is social. You know, when I connect and meet great people, most of it's social. Most most of the people that I've met, unfortunately, aren't like, oh, hey, let's go hit up Runyon. You know, let's go, let's go on a hike. Let's go. So, which is, it's, this is both sides to it, right? But at the end of the day, we we get to connect. So it's it's amazing to have this opportunity in this lifetime where we're at to be able to do and have conversations like this because else, elsewise we, we would never have met, right? But but yeah, I I did I was just facing and doing all the things I didn't want to do. You know, like that's all it was because that's funny. You said four years ago I was not. If I go on live, I'd be like, oh no, you know, so super insecure. You know, super insecure. Now I'm just like because I. And I feel like everyone should be at a point where they can say this and not every day's like this, but you know, I genuinely love myself. Like I, I, and I truly believe, and I know that there's nothing bad intent, malintent that I ever want to say in anything that I say towards anyone. And 
again, people that do, it's the old saying that hurt people hurt people, you know, and, and I don't want that. And I only hope anyone could connect from or resonate with anything that I have to say. So if someone does feel that way, I have enough of awareness now in my, in my life that it's not personal. Like, it's genuinely not personal. So I hope the best if that person does have something bad to say. And it happens, you know, but, but is that going to hold me back from something that I firmly believe like the place I'm supposed to be in this life? I don't think so. You know, like I care too much about the people that are in my inner circle and the people that I love and have supported me through all the BS to do that. Then that would be a selfish thing, you know, for both parties. Do you ever get negative feedback or just negativity in general? And if so, how do you like ignore that then? Ooh, I mean, that's good. I think I have a lot of being like an empath. Okay. Like one, I don't really get it much anymore, but obviously I did when I was starting to become a thing, but people post the same type of videos every single time or the same song. Mm. It's marketing, it's strategic, it works. And like I was about to say earlier, you're really at the algorithm's whim. I've like, I've heard many talented artists and many things. I'm like, as, as a creative, I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, but they just, it's, the algorithm doesn't like it or whatever the case may be, but it is the algorithm. Yeah. You know, we can know okay, who, you know, no one knows how to figure it out. You know, you could kind of understand and just hope and just have learn to find sustainability and posting the things and then diagnose what it kind of likes in your niche and then branch off from there. There's some become, days where I'm just become best off. friends with the underwriters or the configuration developers of TikTok. <laughs> and that's how you. That's, I mean, that's definitely, yeah, if you know curve. someone, yeah, if you're, if your dad works there or somebody, you know, you know, for sure, that's always the grandma. easy answer, but yeah, negative grandma, I doubt grandma's working <laughs> but, I'm like, that could be the last, but, I know they, they barely know T9 words. So <laughs> yeah, but the negative comments, I mean, I've surprisingly, okay. I do get, that's obvious. It just comes, you could probably see something. You could probably, if you didn't know me. You could go look at what I posted and be like, damn, he must get some shit. But more, not as, at the beginning, not, not as much as I thought. I'm just sitting there. I like, I, I kind of, not that anyone wants that kind of vibe to ever yeah. come through, but I'm, I'm just almost surprised. So, but these are all things that you take in. Cause I, I understand like enough of the human dynamic, like to know when something blows up so big, like you, you get both sides to it, you know? And that's yeah. a good thing. So and you'll hear that in anyone's story. If everyone loves it, it's no, it's no good. So you start to diagnose and it's like, why, you know, why is this? Or does it have nothing? This will go back to the, again, the thing we were talking about before, or does it have nothing to essentially do with the music? And now you became a thing that has disconnect from what you're actually trying to reach through. Right. Mm-hmm. Fortunately for us, it did bridge, you know, to streaming, but not to what we would like. And this is where it comes in like too good and all the new music now. Because it's like, it's all about this. And then we get a lot of, it's a different, I love that community of people, but it's a lot. And then I think it takes away a lot of the seriousness of the fact that I actually do mix sound design, engineer, produce, mix master. I do everything. And saying like, it takes away the fact, I think a lot of people had no idea I was probably even the artist. They're like, why this man always dancing shirtless? You know, Probably, like, yeah, doesn't I, that no, doesn't that blow your mind though? Some artists are putting their music on a low volume instead of it saying original sound or whatever by that platform. So but it, it's also so crazy to me how a lot of people like don't look at other people's profiles because if you look at their bios or you know, the category, it like 
purely says it. Simplify it. Simplify it to the, like you're trying to explain it to your grandmother who doesn't work at TikTok. Because if she did, you wouldn't have to explain it like this. There's still other generations that they kind of just were already living, you know, and had a totally different rhythm of doing things in their life when the internet and all us crazy younger people came around. So it makes total sense. But yeah, how can, how can, how can I just simplify it? You know, someone just told me, what is it? Oh, the new iPhone. I was at Verizon the other day and, and I see there's a button up at the top now on the new iPhone to like not have to click the call, but the call is really only one button. But now it's like, well, we want to take away that too. And it's, oh my gosh, you know, we just want to break everything down so we don't have to hit anything. It's just one less thing to do. And it's the same thing with music. And that's why if you listen to a lot of the new music now, I'm like, you, you watch the watch time or the view time. Nobody listens to the whole things anymore. And if I'm being honest, most of the songs that I like, they're probably like three to four. Some are, especially if you talk about like older music, way, way, way longer than that. I really don't listen to the whole song ever. You know, really? I really don't. So I no, I had to break that down for myself and be like, wow, if it's like that. And then on top of the fact of how social media is already building, what if my music wasn't that long? And it, and it, and it, yeah. it hurt me so much at the beginning and I would fight it. It's the same thing that happened when everyone started sampling everything as a producer. Because I used to sit there for hours on one little sound. I would sit there for days sometimes, learn how to sound design everything. And then in my head, I want to justify, oh no, but this is because no one no one else is going to do this or it's going to sound like this. No one, back to the main point I said earlier, no one knows, no one cares. Yeah. Cool. You know, you're only hurting yourself by making it more complicated. So mm-hmm. it's the same thing with music. I was like, why not just simplify it, give like the best, you know, cut out all the other nonsense and give the best of what it is. It also works on stri- content, you know, and then streaming platforms, it's a crossover. And any of the stuff that I listen to that's really short, I actually listen to it 10 times more because it's so fast that I could listen to it again. I really do think you're onto something. I think this is very important when it comes to as you're growing and getting yeah. more awareness to you as an artist and your music. But I think also like eventually it'll bounce back where, you know, once you have those super fans like me, like when I really love someone and you know what, my love for artists are not limited. So like when I really love the artists, I'll listen to their whole freaking catalog. I'll listen to all of the songs through. I never skip anything unless it's on a discovery playlist and I don't like the song period. But I think what you're saying is very important when you're really trying to break out. Let me ask you, how many artists do you do that with? Oh my God. So many all, all across genres. Oh, really? a lot. Yeah. It just me depends. Too. It just depends on the day. I'll listen to all of Taylor Swift and I'll listen to all of Cherub. Then I'll listen to all of Journey. And it, it literally is all over the place. I don't think I'm rare, but you know, I'll also listen to playlists to discover new ones and want the variety. But for the most part, I'm always searching and browsing and listening to the whole thing. And you're good at wow. that though. Yeah. I, I feel like me, I'm like, I'm the perfect epitome of who should own a a record player because I will kill everything until it dies. But yet I still do that. And all my friends hate it, but I will continuously will do that forever. Yeah. Forever. But just play it over and over? Over. Every every song over and over for like months because I just really like that. And I really, really like certain music and stuff. So I can think about Honestly, like all like Red Hot Chili Peppers and oh. all my favorite artists. Yeah, I did it for you for a while. Like with things, it's just it's funny because I think with the culture right now, 
there's so much technology that makes everything so efficient that people don't know what to do with it. And so even with the AI right now taking over your, I could replicate your voice and I could replicate your production. You better get those royalties though. Yeah, but now (laughs) it's taking away, well, that's where the kind of conversations around, but that's why it's taking away almost from your artistry a little bit, but also because you can't actually like trace that stuff either, like where it's actually coming from. So I can see like both sides of you're putting so much effort and work into your production and mixing and your engineering that somebody could come in and do that within two seconds and probably make it same sound almost the same. And it's just, that's why at the end of the day, almost know your audience <laughs> and will they, yeah. will they understand who, who's who? Probably not because most humans don't know that world in general. Yeah. yeah. So levels levels to it you know like every stage of every evolution like someone that's starting right now that only has a couple thousand followers is doing whatever you know whatever they have to to get ten thousand and whatever they have to to get twenty thousand and so on and so forth and i just think there's levels to it but all of it all of all of this and this is why i love this industry even before i had an understanding of it so much but it evolves you to be your fullest, like your truest form self, right? And I say that with, look at most, you probably look at any any artist that you've seen grow up that started very young. Look at anyone that was super popular and maybe still is very young and how they grown into it, right? For, for better or worse, you know, that's your true self. And there's a lot of factors in that and who you surround yourself around and the people and places and things and what you're involved in, right? But all of those are that individual's choice, right? I know for me, I wouldn't have, I have this conversation all the time. Any of that would have happened way younger. Like, no way. Like, I'm grateful that I am alive with a lot of the choices that I've made younger, right? And it takes a super unique individual and all the pieces of the puzzle, the people that are around that person to to make it work. But if there are, and then you get to find yourself and be like, wow, and put yourself out there and do most things that most people will never get to do or experience, right? And that's what I found so fascinating about this industry, just being in the public. Eye. So that's why this is, I love this, just the industry. And I understand there's a lot of BS within the industry, but the industry in the sense of being able to evolve into your true self, right? Yeah, it's all super fascinating, but we get to do it. That's the most mm-hmm. important thing to all be aware of, you know? That's why I can relate so much with someone like you, like other creatives, other musicians, is because like, we are our product. So so that's what I think helps with the evolution. If I'm working with brands, the evolution is not so quickly because I'm not that. If you know what I mean, I'm not yeah. that entity. You're a little bit more self-aware just in general, just saying that. For instance, like you're saying like in the public eye, like how you're listening back to yourself, a lot of people might like literally crutch on someone else to listen for that. So they don't actually know, but they're going to listen to someone else to tell them what to do. So it's a little bit different too. I think a lot of it's subjective and definitely depends on the person and your resources. I think it's life experience because the only reason that I have the awareness that I do today is because I did all the things that I shouldn't have done in the past. (laughs) Everything I do, I fail the first time, but I don't consider it failure. I consider it that I literally am just slower than other people, but then I'll get there and probably be better than them later. As long as you're not failing in the same exact pattern and the same exact way, like what the hell? Yeah. 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 And that's the, I said that earlier today to somebody. (laughs) No, for real. For real. I said that to somebody. (laughs) 
if I'm consistently making mistakes in my life that are detrimental to my life or the people around me that I care about and love most, but I don't know why I'm doing them. And then all the things that I try and autocorrect is, this is why, okay, this is why this happened. Okay. But if I went this way and did this, that I see it, I see it now. And I go that way and the same stuff happens. And I was like, what the, and I'm, I'm only trying to like not go down that same path, but yet I consistently keep doing that. And so it's like, what, what's going on? It's a me issue. Yeah. I mean, it's a me issue. I need to figure not, I need to figure it out. But the thing is like a sick brain, like that's in that mindset can't help a sick brain. The only way to do it is to have an understanding is I don't know anything. Like apparently all the things and the choices that I'm making are getting me either to the same place, right? Definition of insanity, consistently doing the same things over and over again, expecting different results, getting me to that there or to an even worse path to dig myself another six feet under. So it's like, what what is it? Okay. I don't know. I don't have the answers. And it took X amount of rock bottoms in my personal life and a lot of people that I know to just be like, you know, just when they say, like, like a lot of people say, let go and let God, you know, the universe, whatever you believe in. I'm a big like universe guy. I don't know what to do, but I'm willing to do whatever it is to not feel the way that I feel every single day inside. That's like it. I just don't want to feel the way that I feel every single day because the choices that I'm making are then nothing's worth it. Right. So it goes down that path. At least it was for me. And that's where I think the self-awareness journey had started in my life. We're all here on life trying to still figure it out and we always will be. But once you go through that and you have the self-awareness of, damn, like I messed this up and I messed this up. Then once things start going the right way, oh, I'm going to do that again. I'm going to start working out a little more. I feel a little bit better. Oh my, I'm going to sleep. You know, I used to sleep on the floor all the time. I'm going to sleep in a bed. I felt really nice. You know, like I might try to get a couple hours of sleep. I never used to sleep. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm actually more productive. When I used to sleep, ne never. Like I used to just fall asleep and just wake like this and just learn, you know, like the balance of it. You just need to be a little bit crazy at whatever your craft is and then have an understanding and awareness and learn how to control it. I love that. So when does craziness become passion? Ooh, I mean... When does craziness become passion? When does it become passion? Because you um, just said right now, like you have to have be a monster, right? And so when you know how to control that, that's when it becomes passion. Oh I yeah, I mean, hundred percent. Wouldn't it all be passion? It's just it's just a perspective on. Yeah, exactly. No, that's why I love that you said that. That's the key, honestly, to being exceptional at anything is really focusing and going crazy on one thing and then learning how to control it and how you can balance it within your life. Because I think on the opposite spectrum, when people are trying to do too much in two different, many different directions, you're never going to be exceptional at any of them. No, you can't. No, I used to think that that was the case. I used to think, well, if I learn everything that I could do everything and then eventually I'll hand it off to someone. And then if they ever have a question or something, I could just know. But what are you best at? I do believe you have to be insane. Cause I look back, especially now at this point in my life, and I'm like, you know, like, what if I was like this way sooner, you know, and all the excuses, cause it's the excuses that we create, like why we, why we shouldn't go to the gym or why we don't need to finish up the work and we could do it tomorrow morning or whatever the case may be. And they're so good. The excuses are amazing to why we shouldn't do the thing we know we need to do in order to get to where we want to be. It's like just that simple. And yeah. they're so good. 
so many times, like especially for me, like I'm I'm a big gym guy. I think you get your biggest return on investment going to the gym or having any sort of physical activity. If I, if I push hard in the gym and have you have Ed Milet mentality, you do power one more, and it's just nonstop. It's wow. I just I just knocked out like ten videos. Like where normally, if I did two videos, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to do another one. You know, and I'm feeling this. I'm feeling like this. But because I've consistently been going to the gym every single day, that's non-negotiable. It's like really that simple. And then I bring awareness and gratitude to what I get to do. I'm like, oh my gosh. You know, and just sometimes it's, I'll cry, you know, yeah. just so grateful. It's habit and mindset because I'm structure. the same way. Structure for sure. If I don't go to the gym, I'm way less productive than and if I sleep in or something. For example, today. I slept 10 hours for some reason. I don't know how that happened. My alarm didn't go off, which normally I don't use an alarm. Didn't go to the so gym. You, so your your anxiety didn't naturally wake you up at, I guess not, 6 a.m.? No, no anxiety here right now, I suppose. Because <laughs> <laughs> you work out. <laughs> but you feel after 10 hours. And the reason I ask is because I know for me, for a long time, like I used to set what I call like... POS, like, I don't know if I could curse on here, but piece of yeah, shit alarms. And I would set them and it was every, every two minutes. And then I would go down to every 30, 30 seconds, literally nonstop. And it would be at like 4.30 in the morning, even if I went to bed at two and it would, it's non-negotiable. It has to, this is what I did like throughout my whole career, or I just wouldn't sleep and I'd stay up and I'd sleep until I literally couldn't move and I collapsed wherever it was. Not healthy. I'm not condoning any of that. My, my my extreme levels where we just said you have to be crazy, they go a little, you know, over the peak, right? Off the rails. Um, yeah. I could use a little sure. bit of that oh, to oh, a small back. extent. Yeah. Well, how I feel after 10 hours, I felt like that was way too much sleep, like groggy. And I I think it's because I had like less projects today. I'm like, eh, you know, I can get to it later. But I literally, I'm like the type of person where... Like I wake up super early and I go to bed just super early, but sometimes I I could easily go back to bed if I just go back to bed. If I never, if I wake up, just hang out a little bit and stay in my bed. I don't know what it is, but I could easily sleep anywhere and just like sleep forever. But it's it's not energizing. Like I wake up, oh my god, I felt like a, I have a headache. I'm sorry because I slept I'm sorry. too long. Cindy, I'm sorry. Did you say you could sleep anywhere as long as there's blackout <laughs> curtains, as long as you have zero pillows on the bed, and as long as it's cloud nine? That's when you can sleep anywhere. Okay. What? <laughs> also, okay. You're, okay. Yeah. She called me out. That's true. You okay. kicked me out of my bed. Like you okay. kicked everyone out of okay. their bed. Also, also, oh, I've I've gotten into this habit over the last couple of years. I get better sleep on the floor. Actually, so I slept on the floor and slept on it for ten hours. I don't know what it is. That's what I was just saying earlier. I just sleep on the floor. I'm like, and and I I think I have to just tell myself that I like a bed better, but I don't know if it's better on the floor. I, just like I sleep <laughs> a thousand percent better on the floor. And my husband got like a $3,000 bed. I've never, like we've had for seven years now or something. It's rock hard. I've never felt comfortable in that bed and I've never had a good sleep. But when I'm on the floor, so we're like still trying to figure out our sleeping arrangements. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know what it is about the floor. Yeah. For me as well. I have no idea. I don't know. I, I just don't get it. But okay, so I want to bring it back a little bit because I know before we even started this, like we were talking about winter sports and snowboarding. And I really want to know, like, how did you 
pivot from sports to music and wanting to make a career in music. I know your dad was a performing musician and I know that, you know, you had an accident in sports, but what was that transition where you're like, okay, music? I wasn't in the best place after losing snowboarding. Really, I look back now, like it's all choices, but still, I mean, in combination with financially when we were younger, being able to support snowboarding and then also my back injury, mm. it just wasn't, <clears throat> really wasn't in the cards. If I look back now, or at least the mentality that I had after that, just like drive and say, it could have worked. You know, you could have talked to anyone. You could have met someone at 7-Eleven and they could have supported your dream, but it just wasn't. I was in the car. So I I took that as a lot of self-deprecating. And I felt that it was on me. It was my fault and that I wasn't ever going to be good at anything else. So I say I got the case of the efforts. I was just like, I'm not going to live. If I can't snowboard, I can't do what I love every single day. I'm never going to have a normal. There's no way in my life. Like I'm never going to do that. And not that there's anything wrong with it. We're each individuals ourselves. I just never saw that for me. It was yeah. just never a thing I was, I couldn't come to terms, especially when I was very fortunate to be very good at something, uh, young and snowboard and then have the opportunities to be able to travel, you know, and compete. And then I died cause I didn't go to high school. I didn't go to high school until the last year I used to travel. I just went for a semester or like a month or something. And then I would travel because we had the team that I was with would have a traveling tutor. Wow. So I did much of my stuff. So I always felt so weird going to public school, you know, especially I felt so much pressure because the people, like the kids knew that I traveled and they're like, oh, it was like Olympics because that was the goal for me, you know? So they're like, yeah, I come back and I didn't really know anybody and I felt so much pressure. And I always remember, I just have so much, just, I look back now and I realize that it was just like self-pity. That's never going to be me. It's never going to happen. And if you believe in the universe you're that's literally what you're asking for then you know because that's how that works you want you, you focus what you focus on most you attract you know exactly because uh, we're thinking about it a hundred percent the real three serums in any sort of manifesting is gratitude selflessness and bringing emotion feeling really emotions a stronger word to any of that you sit there it's like if you want to manifest a car it's not just about oh my gosh i'm gonna think about it's blue and you know it's low to the ground i don't it's it's what does it feel like going, you know, just driving normally on a turnpike? What's it smell like? What's it feel like? What's the emotion? You know, like, how do I bring that feeling to whatever it is that I want to manifest? Without that, it's just, it's just a thought, you know, or a dream or an imagination. It's not the manifest of what it is. And then taking that emotion and bringing it back to the moment. Like, what's it feel like? Like, how does my day, you know, move? Ooh, if I got to hop in that while I go to the gym, you know, this is what I feel like, you know, this is, you know, and then, that's, and that's, but that's what it is. And unfortunately, people, places, and things, and life happen, and and we are who we surround most of our time around. And again, that's what I said. I literally, and yeah. this isn't to say anyone should just have one friend. I'm very fortunate to also have an amazing friend who also is my manager. <laughs> um, but at least in the situations that I put myself in the past, I couldn't trust myself enough to pick you know, good enough friends at the time to now be able to still have them. I know plenty of good people. This doesn't mean they're not my friends, but we're talking about true, like these, I talk to them every day, you know, one person in my life. Obviously, you know, we all have friends because I, I, I feel like acquaintances is not a nice word. I thought we were friends. You're calling yeah. It was just, so I got the case of the, the efforts and then I didn't associate with the things. I, I struggled with a lot of, yeah, self-deprivation, just a lot of addiction, of a lot of things that I feel like a lot of people go through for sure. And music was never like, again, sometimes when things are so close to you, you tend to neglect them or not see them, right? Because my dad did it. My dad had a studio. 
like in the basement that we had, I would go down there and kind of like record, but I would be, I would be so self-critical. I was so embarrassed. I want to, you go like 10 rooms over and run the court all the way over there so I could just do it. And then I'd then go away so I could hear it. You know, I'm so insecure, you know, so insecure, kind of made the choice. I feel like I, I say more so music found me is more so serendipitous in the sense that this is a fortunate accident. I wasn't around the best people, but I did make the choice to try something different, which was, it was just like going out, like going to club scene. I never really did. It. I snowboarded. I didn't associate. I didn't go to bars. I didn't go to parties. I didn't associate with the normal stuff in high school. I felt like if I took anything or drank anything, I was just going to die. And then after struggling, when I did do it, I felt, and I feel like you'll hear a lot of people that have gone through this. will be like, that's what it is. I mean, oh my gosh. For me, it was, it was down. It was, it was anything that would just get me down because I'm like this all the time, you know, and I have no idea. And I don't have the tool bag to understand what tools I need to control it or really just how to stay balanced in my life. I just felt like that was, that was what I was missing. Oh my gosh. Right. And just like anything that has helped us, just like we were talking about earlier, anything that helps us, even if it's a negative thing, you, you want to, you want to glorify it. So, and I've been going through a lot of that with the start of music. It's not that I was glorifying a lot of those things. Like those were things that helped me in my life. And they're just all really not great things for you until you realize that it's not sustainable. It doesn't work that way. And it's actually the only way to find fulfillment as, is from within. And that's a whole other thing. But I went out to the club. I started going out and I went to, have you guys ever been to New York? You probably never heard of pa- Pasha. It's Pasha, New York. I have. No? I haven't. I've been out in New York, but not to like any clubs. Okay. So this was before EDM was, I mean, what it is now, or it's not as much on the radio as it was. This is before that. So long story short, I started going out and I found it's just the people there, right? This I say this was before it became commercial because it was like the core. Anybody that went there was like just tech music. It wasn't like deep. It was just tech. I still, to this day, that's all I really listened to. Everyone that's there, it was just amazing. I'd never been in an experience like that. And everyone's there. And normally where I'm from, especially for the East Coast, you guys are, if you bump into someone, what the fuck? Mind your, what, you know, they're not the nicest. <laughs> not to say that there aren't nice people on the East Coast. You know, everyone's going like this and you bump into someone and they go, oh, the vibe of everyone that was there. I've never experienced that. I came from downers, you know, mm-hmm. anything that's an opiate, you know, anything that just totally down and shuts you off. That's all I ever experienced. And most of the time it was by myself in the middle of a corner, somewhere random, you know, that's what I experienced. And that's the people that I associated with, right. By choice. And plus it's like my my personality. I think it just meshed. And so nonstop, I became same thing. I I would take the things to extreme. I just nonstop every day. Sometimes I would go drive up to New York two to three times a week, every single time, just go to the club as much as I possibly can. And I'm just like, ooh, I didn't even know how to dance. I still don't know how to dance. You know, like some around. Maybe whatever this is, which I still don't know, maybe that's where it came from. You know, it's like deep subconscious, and that's just the move. But (laughs) I, I fell in love. And then and then little by little, yes, it, it actually took me away from a lot of the the down, like a lot of the things I was associating with that at the time. Were you by yourself yeah. doing all this? Oh, I did. I mean, I did probably 90% of the time that out of all the times that I went. But no, I met someone like back and forth through I was going through treatments. I had met mm. someone and uh, he was unlike anyone I've ever experienced. This kid, he just did whatever he wanted and and... Uh, I was just like, I've never seen someone so confident and he's from New York, you know? So I never, again, I never had an experience with someone and I was a kid at the time and I thought everyone in those treatment facilities was crazy. You know, that's what I thought. So my connection was like, oh my gosh, he's like, yeah, bro, like 
I'm about to get out. Come visit. Hit me up when you're out. You know? So I was like, like, I don't know if I'm going to do it, you know, but, and I was just, remember, I was really going through it after I was out. And, but that's, I, I hit him up. I'm like, yeah, the kid, bro, we're going out tonight. Like, come through right now. Everyone that I knew was associating that. So I couldn't really be, put myself in people if I was trying to stay clean or do the right thing. But he was, it was different, you know? And he wasn't there for what I was there for. So it must be fine. You know, I didn't have the understanding. But yeah. So I went with him and they were all like that. And it was just not, it was total where I'm used to downers. And then after losing what I love motion, which was my passion and my purpose, what I felt in life, it felt like nothing else when you lose that, especially when you have, it's not by choice. And it's yeah. like, it felt like everything's gone. You know, it's like, why? Well, that's your happiness and your source of happiness and nothing else. So you're going to look for anything else to fulfill it. Right. So the void, right. Cause that's a, what's called a, Unfortunately, most people are unaware of it, which is called a spiritual malady. This isn't like a universe or a religious thing. It's just called a spiritual malady. A spiritual malady is a void that you're feeling on the inside, you know, that you're trying to seek and fulfill externally, whether it's shopping, gambling, drugs, like whatever, you know, and we try and fill it, but you can't get to fill it from within. And then it becomes like, oh, what the fuck do I do? Well, because like, it, you know, if, if we fill a firm within, it'll take months, years. That's why it's immediate. Like we want immediate gratification, like right now. And how do yeah. I fulfill my sadness right now, especially at a young age? That's why growing older is like the most glorious thing. Being yeah. alone is seriously so peaceful in general. It's important, I think. <laughs> it's yeah. it's the best feeling ever. So after Pasha, yeah. that's when you decide, okay, hey, I love this music. It resonates with me. It makes me feel good. It makes other people feel good. So I'm going to try it out yeah I, I want other people to feel the way that i feel right now that's what i want to do and how do i do it and how do i create it so i started what? going there yeah so i started going there not for anything else except just, just like who can i connect with and who can i understand or learn from you know all the people like should i go up there do i have to dj what do i have to do and i saw i start meeting people and well then if you want to dj you're going to hit a ceiling you have to learn how to produce if you want longevity or sustainability in this industry i got to learn how to you know produce and i think in my head most of the things that I had done up until that point were very physical in the sense of whether it was sports or actually mostly action sports, but as well as also normal sports. And I just was very fortunate to just have that ability. Like I could just pick things up. So I think I thought it was going to be like that with production. So, and I would never think about singing, by the way, this was never a thing that ever singing or rapping. That was my, my fearful excuse to be like, well, I could produce and still do this. Right. So I tried to, I tried to figure out Ableton and Fruity Loops and all these others and it just didn't, <laughs> I, it didn't make sense. You know, like I, I love it because I, it gets so much, that's why I'm weird with the word talent. And I know people are only trying to be nice or to say something, but I just think like talent is just hours and hours and hours of beating at whatever craft it is. It's just nonstop work ethic. Like I can tell you, and also I believe it's not because it just didn't happen for me like that. You know, it was non-stop I, long story short i ended up after failing at trying to figure out any doll digital audio workstation which it wasn't failing right it was it was like thomas edison said he tried like twenty thousand tries until he found the one you know that works the same it's just the mindset you know so there were twenty thousand different ways that didn't work for me until I found the wanna. But the point is no, to I be guess. persistent so that like you can find out all the ways it can't work in order to find the one way that I can. That's sometimes what holds a lot of people back, unfortunately, because it is it's very tough to fail a million times and mm -hmm. on the millionth and one time yet failing again to still feel like the next time 
could work out. I think it's just the just the pursuit. How do I enjoy doing this? You know, like I get to, it's just the mentality. Like I get to do this. And I really firmly, once the doll and I can figure it as logic, it started to make sense. I became so obsessed. And again, I was not condone not sleeping, you know, but I just couldn't help it. Again, and it's a positive thing, you know, but without balance, anything, it's unsustainable. I've thanked the Lord for my parents because the the house that we had had, my mom was like in the room over and I cranked. I grew up with my dad just cranking music, you know? And so I'm making house, you know? So I'm like, yeah, you know, my mom, and my mom works, you know, like she wakes up at five in the morning and goes to bed. So and God bless her. <laughs> yeah. My dad's used to it. He's deaf, you know? Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just, oh my gosh. Like, this is it. This is it. I don't need, nothing else even mattered except that moment. I was so in the moment. I'd never experienced something like that outside of snowboarding, especially when competing. There's nothing else. Can't think about anything else. And that's how I felt, but totally unaware of it, you know? So I started to do that and I did a project called Jaden Parks for a little bit and just was production. And then I started to get really good. I feel like, I don't know if this is most people's story, but definitely for me, there was just one song in the learning process. There's just one song that I was to myself, I was like, I'm getting it, you know, because I'm so self-critical. Anybody that I would associate with, I'd, I'd export the MP3 and then put it as someone else's name and then show it to friends. I old, uh... yeah, so-and-so just leaked this, you know, because how else am I supposed to get constructive criticism without someone? It's unbiased. Like being... Yeah, that's you know? sick. And then for the longest time, that compared with, I should just put out this such a, it's really not weird. I think it, it, it more so helped me with so many things in my life. I should just put up random like little cameras as like Sony Ericsson or something, but I used to put them up in like random places and I would just let them record all the time. So I would forget that they were there so that later I could watch back and see who I really was because I also didn't understand the way that I talk and the emphasis and my youth is what am I doing and why it was my life for so long? Like, why do people feel this certain way about me? Am I a butthead? Like, why am I doing these things? And why are they, I'm getting these outcomes? Like it's it has to be me. And that's the hardest thing for anyone to come to terms with, you know, cause it's gotta be everything but me, you know, that all of these things I started to kind of create this groove. And then, and then I got really good. And the reason the whole I say all the the non sleeping stuff all the time is because I was like, okay, if it, if you believe in the ten thousand hour rule, yes. and you don't, sometimes you don't know until ten thousand and one. Sometimes you really don't know until you get too good at that. So I started ghost producing, which was just you know make a few bucks, and hopefully I didn't understand by the way anything about the industry or how anything worked. Kind of put out some of my own stuff. I did some like big room, more EDM records, mm-hmm. and then did some ghost production for work. And and then I kept messing up in real life. In all honesty, you know, I really switched one addiction for the other, and and I just wasn't. I don't know. I just it went back and forth, and I'd go somewhere else, and I would stop music, and I'd be wear myself thin. You know, is what it really was. And then I would not associate because I didn't hang out with anyone. You need balance. I wouldn't go outside. All I did is I was like, okay, I take ten thousand hour rule. It take maybe four years, X amount of this hours. What if I did it in one year and just never slept? You know, now I have an understanding and you actually have a more efficient way of learning things. But I am very fortunate that I did, I, 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 whether it's in my DNA or whatever, the drive thing that I have, I'm very fortunate for it. But it also can be the devil for me. So I'm very aware of that. And yeah, so I just produce and then 
after going back and forth, I was I was at probably one of the worst rock bottoms in my life. Every rock bottom is always worse than the other, right? Because it's the next rock bottom. I don't want to sound morbid, but I feel like a lot of people can relate to going through mm-hmm. these things. I mean, I'm either going to die or this is going to happen. And the only way this is going to happen is if I if I do something I've never done before. Because if I'm consistently doing the same things over and over again, right? It's just the definition of insanity. So if I moved, which I never lived on my own, I definitely didn't have my my parents couldn't support me and my I couldn't do it. Yeah. But I was like, if I moved and if I did what I've always been so fearful of, which is singing and doing all the production, you know, and writing. And I was like, if this is my last chance, you know, and that's how I really looked at it. It was like life or death. You know, it's like life or death. If this is what it is, I'm gonna put everything that I have on the line. My sister lived in LA. She lived on Dohenian Sunset. I don't know if you know any areas and yeah. but she lived in this little tiny like bunker in the back, a little studio, like super tiny. I was fortunate enough to she let me sleep on her kitchen floor. I slept on her kitchen floor. I moved out there. I had I think I had like $70 and I smoked cigs at the time. I don't know, like, like a carton of cigs, you know, I had to have them. And yeah, I stayed there and I tried when she went to work during the day. I just set up in the little kitchen. I set up like the speakers and I set it up every single day and just how do I sing, you know, and how do I write? And I was like, well, I YouTubed everything before so I could figure this out. So I just did all that. And and yeah, and I stayed out for LA maybe two, two or three years and nothing really had happened like career wise, but I had learned so much within those two years. I had multiple jobs, you know, normal jobs while, you know, being able to support living there. And then <laughs> I was living in the shed. We we got a place with a few other buddy producers and I like built and lived in the shed, you know, on the side. And that's where you're, if you talk about the four-year journey, that's where in there I had made green light for the Jonas Brothers. And, but nobody... I was supposed to move that week by that, by actually that that happened. I was supposed to move that week. I didn't have any money. But again, my parents wouldn't have been able to support me. And I was supposed to go back to the East Coast. And I was feeling like, oh no, in the sense where it's like, if I go back, that's it for me. But I need to do something that I feel like my purpose was here, you know, and someone, someone can connect with my story. I don't know what it is. So I tried to get anybody that I talked to together to, I need to film a music video. You know, I want to put something out there and it's going to be explicit and it's not good, but this is my story and hopefully it resonates with someone else, you know? And so I put all this stuff together, got generators, all these places, made all these connections and fortunately grateful for my buddy Johnny and Alex who filmed it. They just, they believed in the project. They heard it and done. And I was so grateful for that because I didn't have any money to pay anybody. Took out the computer, stayed up three days, learned how to edit everything, put it out the week that we were leaving. And on YouTube, only got 74 views. 74 views. Doesn't matter. One out of the 74 views was someone at NBC. This is the week. This is the week doing all the stuff, having the crazy odd jobs. I work at a car wash nonstop from six to eight. And then I would stay up all night and learn how to all this. This is just for anybody that hears any of this possible. It's just how bad do you want it? What are you willing to do and sacrifice on the road to it while still understanding the journey is that's where the meat is. That's the, that's the meat. You just need one person. What we're we're doing and and what we're doing right now, you know, like you always, right. Just like you said, and you do it enough times, like something's going to happen for sure. If you already know that. Okay. So how do I enjoy this? Mm. Well, not only is it just wild because it's things that you possibly could never think that you tell me, I guarantee you, you are, you are not like right before that. I want to be on Songland. 
you know? So it's so wild that when, you put, your, do it. when you put yourself out there, things you can never imagine can happen. There are so many other opportunities that can come when you, in the, the, when you do it. Yeah. yeah. And, and the magic really is in the unknown. That's the part of the universe. Is it people who didn't know it, then it's the known. Then it's, well, where's the magic? At? And you don't grow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's it, there's nothing like that experience. And I think once we allow ourselves to understand that, and then, then everything is magic because you don't know. You know, like every day is like, a, oh, oh. But when you wake up every day and you're like, oh, probably be the same shit. Yeah. Probably the, same the, the truth yeah. is, if you do not branch out of your fear, then you're always going to regret some of that if you're thinking about it so much. And so I, I truly do believe that no one ever regrets getting outside of their comfort zone in a certain sense. I'm all about all of this. We have one more question. First of all, I've been excited since we had this interview literally set up. But anyways, so what do you want to be known for? Hopefully having enough of an impact to make the world just a little bit better to laugh, someone to laugh, you know, with, if not at, you know, a little bit, make the world a little bit better place. And that's such like a cliche thing to say, but you know, like hopefully someone can get, be entertained, if not enjoy anything that I put out there or the things I say. You surely entertained us. Like this was, (laughs) this was a golden episode. That's for sure. We really appreciate that. We really appreciate your time and you just being your authentic and genuine self. So thank you so much for doing this. I love it. I appreciate it. Thank you seriously so much. Absolutely. Also, this was our hundredth episode. (laughs) Oh, wow. So yeah, it's definitely a milestone there, but thanks again and have a great night. Thank you. All right. You too as well. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Setup Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review the Setup on Apple Podcasts. And I encourage you to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. If you have any topic recommendations or questions, please visit us at www.thesetupseries.com.